Hello, hello, you made new podcast. This is JC, episode three. I am actually recording two and three back to back because I was so fired up. <laughs> I couldn't stop myself. You may not be listening to them back to back, but we are going to build on everything we talked about in the second episode of this season because I've just felt so strongly about tackling right off the start the roadblocks the, the problems, the issues that are going, going to paralyze us and keep us from this healing, keep us from this rescued and saved mind. I'm telling you, once Satan realizes you're determined to walk this path, he is going to ramp it up. I have experienced that for myself. Oh, no, you're not. You have been mine. I have messed with your mind and been able to, to just work you for so long. And you think you're going to be free. You think I'm going to let the savior heal you. Well, you've got another thing coming. He is going to get serious, but so are we. So are we. And that's what we're going to do in this um, episode. I haven't even decided what to title it yet. We'll see where it goes. This one we're focusing on. The third step in the, in the last episode, we talked first about being honest and very real about where our minds are at. Number two, focusing on faith that Christ really can change that and do something about that. And then step three, we're going to come to him with a whole new focus, um, with all we've got now in this episode, what we've got to hone in on are the lies the things that Satan can whisper to us, the messages that we may have adopted, the half-truths, look-alike truths, like we talked about, that may live in our mind that keep us from Christ, that will stop the journey right here, right now. Um, and these are huge. Now, I may not, I may not highlight something that speaks to you, um, and that's okay. Listen in, see how you relate with, I'm going to highlight three different things like I did last time. If they don't speak to you, like I said, fine, fine. doesn't need to. But what I do want you to walk away with is the question in your mind, how is my enemy trying to keep me from coming to know Christ? Maybe there's a different message he's speaking to you that's causing doubt or um, confusion in your mind. Ask yourself, what is holding me back from coming to Christ with my whole heart, whole soul, whole mind? all my strength, everything I am. Um, and so again, if these things don't resonate with you, don't stop there. Ask yourself the same question. Is there something like this? Get the ball rolling. Is there something that's keeping me? And you may come up with your own answer, which is what I want to spark that question. What are my roadblocks? What are the lies I'm believing? Let me give you some examples and you'll see what I mean. Because, I mean, a lot of us think, well, I, I haven't been kept from coming to him. Again, I'm a church girl. I go to church. I open the scriptures. I come to him. But when it comes to this level that we're going to move to in this episode or this whole season about the healing and renewing of the mind, there, there are ways in which we, we still may be holding back from him, holding different parts of ourselves from him. Okay. For example, let's just dive into the first one and hopefully you'll see what I mean. Number one um, lie that we can believe in our minds, and, and it may not have come out of our mouths. We may not have given voice to it, but it just may live quietly down there under the surface is that if I come to him, he's going to be disappointed in me. He's going to be ashamed of me. He's going to recoil from me, um, disgusted by me, turn his back on me for all the things I've done. How could he love me? 
Look at my background. Look at all the times I have fallen on my face, rejected him, forgotten him. Why would he love me? Now, see, I think we have a tendency to to sometimes base Christ's love for us on the way humans love. Because a lot of times humans do love us that way, right? If we do certain things, they do reject us. And they do voice their disappointment or give us the silent treatment or go cold. It could have been a parent or a spouse or a teacher or friend um, who withheld their love because of something we did. And so we transfer that onto Christ and believe that love acts that way all the time. That if I haven't been perfect, how could he love me? But he's not human in the way we're human. He's not strapped with a natural man, strapped with a, a, a fallen mindset, like the human side of all of us. We love the best we can, but yes, sometimes our love is withheld. I don't like that. I do that. I do it sometimes, but I don't like that. I do. He's not like that. He's not like that. Um, let me read you a quote from a religious leader, Dale G. Renland, who, um, just nails it. He talks about how the savior's mortal ministry was indeed characterized by love, compassion, and empathy. He did not disdainfully walk the dusty roads of Galilee and Judea, flinching at the sight of sinners. He did not dodge them in abject horror. No, he ate with them. He helped and blessed, lifted and edified, and replaced fear and despair with hope and joy. Like the true shepherd he is, he seeks us and finds us to offer relief and hope. Understanding his compassion and love helps us exercise faith in him to repent and be healed. He loved, he reached out. He was not flinching or dodging or looking down his nose at sinners. He ran to them like the father in the prodigal son parable, right? Ran to meet them. Think of all the different kinds of people he encountered. Did he give them the silent treatment? Did he act like maybe that person did in your life? I would say his wrath only um, showed up in one type of situation. Those that thought they were righteous and didn't need him and thought they had their act together. If we're coming to him in brokenness, his ministry shows a perfect record of reaching out to everyone that came for repentance and came for healing. There was never a time he rejected ever. So we've got to separate perhaps our past experience with humans that didn't really love that way and bless their hearts. They were probably trying to do the best that they could the same way that we do. We don't love perfectly either. He's not like that. He's not like that. And again, we can pray for the help for that truth to settle deep, deep, deep into our soul. For me to just tell you may not be enough to undo 20 years of carrying this feeling deep down in your heart. You may need healing here before you can lay your whole heart before him. And so we often will, will hold back from him because we don't, we fear his rejection. That's going to hurt. Now, does that mean that he's not going to ask us to repent or point out ways that we need to change or sins that we need to give up. Oh no, he definitely will be clear with us on what needs to change in our lives. But in a way that is filled with love and, and 
the hope for our healing. He's going to say, here, here's the diagnosis. Here's how we can move to a new place. You just need to, to flip this way of thinking and switch and give up this sin. And he's going to help doctor us back to health, but in a way that comes from a complete love and acceptance, no matter where we are, no matter how big of a mess we are. Okay. Do you see what I mean by lies that we carry that keep us from Christ? That just is one may not be yours, but it can be one. Another one that I've heard recently from several different sources is he's not, I'm going to reach out and it's going to be silent. He's not going to be there. There's no one that like he, there's billions of us. How could he know me? How could he even care? How could he answer so personally? You know, and, and you can just hear the adversary just whispering that over and over. He can't, he can't help you. Look at all the people on this earth. How would he ever care about little old you? That can spin over and over in our mind that he just, he won't be there when we reach out. Um, and, and I'm not going to say that the minute we fall before him and, and begin to beg, sometimes he is a little tricky to learn to hear. We're learning to hear the voice of a God and have him speak to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. And that takes a little practice. Sometimes it is going to be like at first, like feel like there's nothing. Maybe our prayers do feel like they're just hitting the ceiling, but are we going to persist? Like the woman with the issue of blood, are we going to keep pushing? uh, Nope. I want to know him. I want to know him. I'm coming. Okay. It may be kind of weird at first. I may not be used to hearing him at first. I may not know what this feels like or what this sounds like. So if it is, a little bit at first, like we start to feel like he's not there. He's not speaking. That's okay. We just continue. When I first met my husband, I was thinking, I always use the, the analogy of human love. We just used it in the last one as, as a bad example, but in this one, we're going to use it as a good example. Because honestly, when I met Greg, he was so intriguing to me. I was going to get to know this boy at any cost. And at first he was confusing. There were times he would say things and and getting to know his mindset. There were times that I didn't understand, but I pressed, I didn't bail because there was just something so compelling that I wanted to put past, push past those misunderstandings and get to know him and, and just figure him out and get as close to him as I possibly could. And so again, as we move with love toward our savior to come to know him and his healing, it's the same way. If it's a little messy at first, that's okay. We're going to push forward in the same spirit that we do when we're in love, when we fall in love with a person. We're like, I want to get to know them. I want to get to know them. And after a while, a lot of that messiness will clear up as we begin to understand how the process works. I think the other thing too, is sometimes we need to just hear his promises again, the personal nature of how he promises over and over to answer and to be there. I was just, um, paging through the, um, books of of Isaiah recently. And I got in about chapter, you know, the thirties and forties. And there it was just over and over and over. I'm right here. I'm going to answer you. I'm going to be there. I will hear you. I will listen. Um, let me just read a few. You're going to hear my pages turning because I love real scriptures. I can't do it on my phone. It just makes me crazy. So Isaiah 30, 18 through 21, blessed are all they that wait for him. He will be very gracious unto thee at the voice of thy cry. When he shall hear it, he will answer thee. 
21, and thine ears shall hear a word behind thee saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. I will answer you. Um, let's, let's skip way over to 41. 41.10, fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed. I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. And I love this part. Yea, I will uphold thee with my right, the right hand of my righteousness. I'm going to hold your hand. I'm going to be there. I promise you, I will strengthen you. Verse 13 and 14 say, fear not. I will help thee twice. I will help thee. And then 17, when the poor and needy seek water and there is none and their tongue faileth for thirst, I, the Lord will hear them. I, the God of Israel will not forsake them. Let's do one more. Oh, my pages are sticking. Chapter 43. There's one fear not for I have redeemed thee. I have called thee by name. Thou art mine. When thou passest through the waters, I will be with thee and through the rivers. They shall not overflow thee. When thou walkest through the fire, Thou shalt not be burned, neither shall the flame kindle upon thee, for I am the Lord thy God, the Holy One of Israel, thy Savior. And then again, fear not, for I am with thee. Let's just do one more because I'm on a roll. <laughs> These words just fill me. He's saying, please believe me, please believe me. Come, I will help you. Chapter 44, fear not, O Jacob. I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. Eight, verse eight, fear ye not, neither be afraid. Have I not told thee from that time and have declared it? You're even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Is there anyone else that can do for you what I can do? He begs the Israelites through the voice of Jeremiah to believe him. Sometimes if, if the roadblock we're struggling with is unbelief, I just don't believe that out of the billions of people on this earth that he can hear me and know me and speak to me personally. All we need to do is open up our scriptures and let these words fall over us again and again and again until it really starts to sink in. He's telling us the truth. We can choose how we respond to that. We can choose to live in unbelief. And believe Satan's lies. Or we can just take his words. Let them soak into the marrow of our bones. And make us chase him down. And say okay. Then I'm going to take you on your words. I need help. My mind is imploding. <laughs> I mean not every day. But there's so many days. Our mind just spins out of control. Toxic thoughts. Negative voices. Tearing us down. Tearing us apart. Our peace is gone. We need him to calm our minds, to rescue, save, redeem, deliver our minds, our thoughts, and the beliefs that we hold about this world, about him, about ourselves. Oh, how we need him. But we have to believe he's going to be there to do it. And sometimes we just need to hear his reassurance that he will. Another one that um, I've heard before, another kind of lie or roadblock. This one may not be a lie. I'll see what you think as I throw it out there. I've heard people say, he's going to make me do, do hard things. He's going to ask too much of me if I come closer to him. I'm already doing so much. And, and he's just going to ask too much. Um, I get that. Because again, a lot of us are already giving a lot. And we just think, 
I, I just don't know that I can go that deep. If, if that's you, can I just quickly say, I, I have a series, a free online course series on my website, jcwhiteman.com. It, these two classes are free. So you can go take them without any strings attached. It's a series, the awakening series. One is called, am I enough? But the second part of that is becoming a superhero and it addresses this question exactly our hesitation sometimes to give him our whole heart. Cause he's going to ask too much. I dive deep into that. So if this one rings true for you. I'm not going to waste time here because there's a whole 45 minute presentation on that. I would watch the first awakening part first or the part two may not make complete sense. Um, but that one, there are answers. He's, he's, yes, he may ask all our hearts, but he's going to give us so much in return. It's going to blow our minds and it won't feel like any sacrifice at all. It won't. Do you see how there's an answer for each of these lies that keep us from Christ? As we, as we just isolate them, what are the things that are paralyzing me? Um, another one, I, again, I've talked about this, but let's just throw it out there. So it's on the table too. I'm just too busy. I don't, I don't have any more time to give. If, if that's one, I did a whole episode, um, in season one. If you haven't listened to it for a while, number eight, episode eight in season one, the gaze of the soul. We talked about that, about how it's not running faster. It's just turning our minds to him that we can come to him with a new level of, um, desire and commitment without changing anything in our outward lives. Without making ourselves any busier, we're just turning to him in our minds and in our hearts. And I outlined in that episode how we can do that. So there's a lot of ways we can tackle um, these different these different lies that can keep us and stop us from walking any farther down this path. Now, the other thing too is I think we we need to get a little righteous indignation, <laughs> a little angry at how Satan has kept us from the one who could heal all of these things that we struggle with, how Satan has just worked us and we've let him. Isn't it time to kind of undo some of this, um, baggage so that we're freed to run to Christ, to run to him. I'm going to talk starting in the next episode. We are going to dive into the ways, very specific ways he can change our minds. I'm going to go all over the place because he's been that way with me. He has, he has addressed so many different, um, parts of my mind and just flipped them upside down and made me think in a whole new way and just set me free and brought me peace. We're going to go in all kinds of directions, but if we don't do the work right here and right now to recognize the ways that Satan keeps us from, from Christ's love and his grace and his healing, he's going to keep being successful. He's going to keep us. It's like, he's got us handcuffed and he's pulling on us, pulling on us and and if we allow those lies to take root in us, we won't come to Christ for healing. We won't. We'll just be stuck because we won't think there's any way around it. I think we can fall on our face and ask him to help us identify the things that may be holding us back. Um, again, past experiences, um, things that have created a lack of trust in us. Maybe even religious leaders, um, religious experiences, things people have said to us that somehow color our view of the Lord as well. 
and we, we haven't really realized it. We've got to sweep all that out at the very beginning so that we just have a big clean slate that we can bring to him so that there aren't any hesitations. We've cleared ourselves of doubt and unbelief and, and, um, lies and, and all of those things that are just half truths, lookalike truths that aren't real and let him have all of us. If you don't, if we don't open all the doors in our mind, let's say we give him our mind and say, okay, this part I need help with. Here's an open door to this room in my mind, but man, here's a few in the, in the dark corners that I'm keeping shut. Cause I'm not sure, I'm not sure I'm ready to go there. And do you know what? That's okay too, because he's gentle and he's compassionate and we know he knows that there's some dark corners in our minds. He and I've been into some dark rooms in the back of my head that man, I had to be clinging pretty tight. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Pretty tight to him to have the courage to open those doors. And so I'm thankful that um, he led me through some initial things that taught me to trust him. We dealt with some of the more surface issues in my mind. And as I began to experience freedom there, I went, oh, this is so cool. Like, I, I, I'm ready. I want to go to the deeper places. And um, I clung to him. And we walked in together and he um, shed light all over those dark rooms. And, you know, I'm sure we'll spend an episode or two talking about some of those deeper places. Again, I haven't outlined it, but boy, doesn't that have to be part of the journey? We've all kind of got those spaces from the pain and, and the struggles that we've been through. But what a feeling it is to open up the windows in those dark rooms and let him help us air them out and clean them out and open our whole heart to him. Boy, excuse me. I'm sorry. This is quite a process we're outlining in this season. I hope you'll stay with me and make it personal. But for today, just chew on this. Just start spinning this around in your head and take it to him and make sure that these things are broken down before we go any further. further. And then, you know, get ready, buckle up. Let's go. And in the next episode, let's really start taking apart some of the things that um, specifically he can help us be healed of. With that, I really hope you have a beautiful, blessed day.